Today's guest is Mary Rodwell. She is recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers in the UFO and contact phenomena. She is an author. She has produced two EBE award-winning documentaries. She is a national and international lecturer, and she has appeared regularly on national and international media news programs. And we are very lucky to have her here today. Mary, thank you so very much for joining us. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. Absolute pleasure, Jeff. Mary, since you're new to our audience, can you tell us a little bit about how you became an expert in UFOs and the alien abduction phenomena? Well, um, I've been a nurse and a midwife, but I went into counseling about 35 years ago, working in a medical practice. And I went from that doing all sorts of counseling from grief and bereavement to pregnancy counseling, family counseling. But eventually I was looking more deeply at, you know, the the bigger picture for us um, and our experiences, you know, looking at the spiritual, spiritual side of it. And that brought me into doing hypnosis and working with people with past lives, um, as well as regressions into this lifetime. And it was during that time that somebody came to me and said, Mary, um, there's no support groups for this. For this, they just think you're crazy. Um, I'm going uh, on spacecraft. Um, I'm waking up with marks on my body, shaved areas. No one will listen. They just think you're crazy. Can you help? And that really was the beginning, nearly 25 years ago now, when I was hearing this gentleman's story. And what made it convincing, Jeff, was it wasn't just him having the experience it was his partner and the children too so this wasn't just someone getting carried away with their own imagination it was someone that was able to say to me this is affecting my whole family and that really has started me off on this journey as a researcher but also as a therapist looking into this whole phenomena which it is and it's certainly more than just about spacecraft and beings visiting us because it's about being some of them physical, some of them interdimensional, some of them extra dimensional, some of them transdimensional, some are from our future. So we're not just talking about solid beings here. We're often talking about other beings that some will see in more of a spiritual context, such as angels, um, religious figures, and, you know, light being, some people will see a light being, somebody else will say, I've been seeing an angel. So what I'm saying is it's often in the t- interpretation of their experience and their belief system. But to me, it's often all in the same package. Yeah, I would agree that when we start talking about non-human intelligence, aliens, we're really getting into the realm of spiritual beings and spirituality as well. I believe that the the we've always been maybe forced into this box where we only think about angels and and you know maybe even the kind of the mythological fairies and pixies and stuff like that but never we want to talk about ETs what i was discovering was that it was about belief depended on how people interpreted this and that's an important one when you've got many spiritualists that would come to me and say, it's fine, Mary, if I talk about angels and ascended masters and whatever. 
but I can't talk about a blue guy with big black eyes because then they will see it as demons or something negative. When in fact, it's all in the same bucket. And just because it's not in a form that you recognize as, as a, a spiritual form for some doesn't mean they're necessarily an evil or bad thing. They're just coming in a, a form that challenges us to open our minds to the diversity of civilizations in the cosmos. Yeah. Still, I was thinking that they overlap each other because when people have the near-death experience, they'll see light beings sometimes. And then literally just the other day, I had a podcast who said he was on an alien ship and met Enoch from the Bible. So that's how I was saying that they can kind of both overlap each other. They absolutely do, Jeff. What we discovered, actually, is there are many ways we wake up to our multidimensional awareness. For some people, it will be through a near-death experience where they're changed forever. They start to find that the way they look at the world, what's important, the way they live their lives is changed from that experience of meeting some wonderful light being or beautiful being of light or whatever name they want to give that has changed the way that they feel and, um, and look at their lives and, and what's, what matters. It's exactly the same with someone who's had interactions with these beings. Their lives have changed forever. They start to find that they look at life differently in the sense they have a more holistic lifestyle. They may find they get drawn into healing. They may find they change their diet. They may find that they can't kill anything. You know, they won't even step on an ant. Um, and this is the same for people that have other life-altering experiences. Same thing with shamanic experiences sometimes, out-of-body experiences. Those that do astral traveling, it shifts them into a higher awareness. And then they all start to see non-human intelligences. So it can be through seeing a UFO, it can be through a, um, a near-death experience or astral traveling or a shamanic experience. All of them will activate, it seems, that higher awareness or that spiritual awareness. I'm curious because in the near-death experience, it's quite often that people, when they come back, they're depressed, homesick, lonely, because they, I guess they wish they could be back in that place that they experienced. Do you find that the same with, with alien experiences? Certainly with some, because um, many have told me that they're taken um, by the beings that they feel connected to, like the star family or their star ancestors, they will call them, mm -hmm. to the planet where they came from before they came to planet Earth. And they would say, it's beautiful. Everything's different there. Everyone is loving. Everyone is kind. There's no judgment. And then I have to come back here mm -hmm. and find it really hard to deal with this planet. And they see it as very primitive or very barbaric mm -hmm. and very limited and the judgment. And they said it's really hard being on planet Earth, particularly when they are reminded of where they come from. And many will say, I've always felt different. I've never felt like I belonged here. I've always known something better than this. 
and I really don't like it here. <laughs> you know, so I was like, you know, I feel like I'm just being dumped here mm-hmm. on this planet. And it doesn't fit for me. So that's many of them have got that sense of where their, their origin or their soul origin has come from, whether or not it's a star system. And some will say that, you know, they'll say a star system that they feel connected to. Or they may even say that they've come from another dimension, as several children have, have mentioned to me, one particularly saying that he came through um, a, a, a portal in the sun. Um, that's where he remembers coming as a spirit. So a lot of the children that I write about in The New Human are aware of where, they, where they've come from, from that, or, that, that origin just before they came to planet Earth. But it's a similar thing, being aware of beings that are of high frequency, if you like, or spiritual frequency, and they come here and find it really difficult. Can you comment on that who we are, all of us, are multidimensional beings? We're much more than just these physical bodies, psychology, brains, you know, some of the paradigms we've been brought up to believe. Well, that's a big issue I've got with modern psychology Mm. is that it denies our multidimensional awareness and who we really are because we're programmed by modern education to only believe what's real is what we see with our five senses. It diminishes anything to do with intuition and imagination, all those kinds of things that are multidimensional in nature. And that's Part of the reason I think many people get very depressed because they shut that down thinking it's not to be trusted, when in fact that's giving them information from their multidimensional selves like intuition, that knowing, that sensing, that feeling is information from their multidimensional selves. And one of the the biggest things that seems to happen when they see a craft that, you know, that is out of this world or they start to see angels or balls of light or start to feel energy is they don't know what to do with it because science says, well, that doesn't exist. You know, you're going crazy or there's something wrong with you. When in fact, the truth is they're reconnecting to their multidimensional selves. And that is actually helping them to manage 3D. Without it, nothing makes any sense. And so a lot of my work is about helping people to own that part of themselves again and to work with it, because that is actually what we should be doing is having it in balance with our logic and analytical side. We should be working with our left, uh, our right brain, multidimensional cells that gives you intuition, that gives you this sense of knowing. And some people get downloads of information when they start listening to it because they get supported by the non-physical realm. I call it, you know, that those spirits that guide us, you can call them guardian angels, you can call them spirit guides, you can call them granddad who's passed on, but I feel him around and he helps me. Rather than deny that, if you um, own it, you will find more and more things start to make sense because unfortunately psychology has shut us um, down by making it non-acceptable to trust all those things, when in fact they are what makes sense of our 3D world. If you don't mind me asking, did you grow up with a religious background? (laughs) I certainly did. (laughs) I was brought up a Catholic. 
Um, and some of it fitted for me. But as I questioned things and I looked at the dogma and the um, what you're taught, it started not to match in with what I was discovering, such as past lives. I was reading books on past lives where you, as a Catholic, you can't believe in past lives. Well, I was reading books of people that were remembering past lives. I then worked with people where I was taking them into past lives. So that didn't fit for me anymore. So there were lots of things within that um, belief system that didn't fit for me. Um, And the one issue I had the most was where you're giving your power away to a hierarchy that tells you what to believe rather than trusting your own resonance to truth, your own spiritual connection to your soul self, which is the ultimate guide to truth. And they're saying, oh, you can't trust that because you're not as connected to God as we are. You know, the hierarchy always had a, a better connection than everybody else. So I'm afraid I had to let that all go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's been gone for a long time because the more I opened up to that part of resonance in myself, And I found myself opening up and more and more to that part of me that was connecting to those other realms because I went into healing and energy work and all, you know, um, all those ways of opening yourself up to frequencies and energies. So the more I did that, the more my belief system within that religion didn't fit anymore because all of those things were not were not necessarily okay. And yet they felt okay to me. So it's about saying to yourself, does this this information resonate anymore? No, it didn't. So it was being true to thyself. And this is what I say to people. Don't go on what other people tell you to believe. Go on what resonates with you because you are your ultimate truth. And I firmly believe that. Do you think that most people have an open mind, at least secretly, and they are interested in all this stuff, but maybe they're afraid to believe in some of this stuff because maybe their religion tells them that something, you know, bad's going to happen to you if you do believe? I've seen and heard a lot of really heartbreaking stories of people who in their heart have known something different to what they're told to believe. And to give you an example of a couple of them that were, one of them's mentioned in my book of an Indian boy, boy, well, young man, really, who said, I know I'm a starseed. Mm-hmm. He said, but all my family and my relatives believe in the gods. And there's about 100 gods in, in India. Yeah. He said, they believe in the gods. But I know, Mary, that they're not gods, that they're extraterrestrials. But I can't say to them, you're worshipping extraterrestrials because they believe they're gods. And he said, but how can I tell them that in my heart, I know I'm a star seed and I know they're extraterrestrial. I had another gentleman, a young man who was brought is in a very, very Christian Orthodox um, family. And he said, Mary, I'm a star seed. I know that my family is all very Christian based. I can't tell them how I feel and what I know. And I said, are you sure they wouldn't understand if you explained why you felt that? He said, if I did that, Mary, they wouldn't have anything to do with me. And he said, I've considered suicide a few times because I don't know how to come out 
and say to them, that doesn't fit for me. Your belief system doesn't fit for me. I've had a 15-year-old tell me exactly the same thing with a, a, their, her parents were um, in a religion. And she said, I know I'm a starseed, but I can't say anything to my parents and I feel trapped. So there are, I believe, many, many, maybe hundreds of thousands, even millions perhaps, that are trapped in a belief system that has been imposed on them by family or relatives, which doesn't actually fit for them at all, but they can't come out and say it because of the judgment that they would get. And they would be told, you know, they're either it's heresy or they're a heretic or they're, you know, they've lost their faith. The favorite one is you've lost your faith, where I see faith as saying you're not allowed to be curious, you're not allowed to question, you've just got to believe what they tell you. Well, that doesn't fit for me anymore because I've seen too many things that were inaccurate in my own, in, in my religion that were manipulated and you go back in history and you see how things have been manipulated in a belief system and I wouldn't have a bar of that because it's not truth. And yet many people don't even take the trouble to go into the origins of their religion and say, okay, so when did this come about? When did this come about? And you find out how it's been altered and manipulated to suit a certain hierarchy at that time for control. And so that gives you a pretty good idea of what I think of religions mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that a lot of religious leaders, icons, um, gods are extraterrestrials, especially like in Hinduism? Absolutely. I absolutely believe there are, um, obviously there are, you know, some believe in the ascended masters. Mm. I think there are interdimensionals, extra dimensionals, higher dimensionals. And I think there is not necessarily in terms of judgment, a hierarchy, but more of the more aware souls go to another level of existence. And it's more about awareness rather than you're you're not so high up or whatever. It's just that we, you know, it's like um, everyone on this planet has their certain awareness. It doesn't mean we're unequal. It just means that we've come onto this planet with a certain awareness, which is allowing us to grow and have an adventure down here on planet Earth. And we're all gonna be in different places without awareness but we're all equal that I don't believe there is any, you know, any soul that isn't equal to another soul, but we've all come in with different agendas and different awareness. And that's why we're, we're all helping each other to grow and become more open to, you know, a, a bigger picture. When I talked to a, a nine-year-old about God, she said her understanding of God was not male or female. In fact, she said her understanding of God was an ultra terrestrial that lived in um, Dayland, the land of light with the angels, and we all come from there. So that was her understanding of the universal source or whatever. And I think that maybe it, it you know, the, the bottom line is whatever fits for you is what matters. It isn't about what somebody else believes or is telling you to believe. What fits for you here, I think, is the ultimate test. Mm-hmm. I believe in one of your books, you talk about that you have researched over 3,000 people. Would you say the majority or all of them are children that you're doing research with? Or if not, what is the percentage? 
No, they're not all children. Mm. Um, I came into the children part from families because what we discovered with this experience is that often it is, most often it's intergenerational. So if you've got a family member, father or mother having experiences, quite likely what their grand, their parents or their grandparents were having experiences. So it was coming down the family line to the children. And so it became interesting to me was how do the children of that family experience it? Um, and often it was quite different to how the parents would interpret it as well. And what was interesting about the children is you don't have to do any hypnosis with the children. They have memory. They will often recall going on spacecraft. They'll recall the different beings they call their special friends. They'll talk about what they learn on the spacecraft. They'll talk about um, a whole range of um, things like their mission. They'll talk about um, what part of the reason they've come to this planet, how they can help because they can communicate with animals, for example, or they've come to help with healing or whatever. And these are children under 10. So I found that my best way of bringing this out to the public was because many of these children, because of their awareness, were not always seen as normal, whatever normal is. Um, they would often be seen as ADHD or they would be seen as dyslexic or they would be seen as autistic in some form, like Asperger's and whatever. What I discovered was that these were not dysfunctions. What they appeared to be was by being born with those um, differences, enabled them to shut out some of the programming that shut them down because all of the rest of us have been shut down by the programming of education, um, et cetera, et cetera, our families, belief systems, all that stuff. Whereas it was harder to program them because of their either ADHD or their Asperger's or dyslexic or whatever, which meant they retained more of their connection to their multidimensional selves. So instead of seeing it as a dysfunction, I, um, I and many others, and I'm, I've met a number of uh, high profile scientists that agree with me. One of them is Dr. Lena Olson, who's a molecular biologist, who's also an experiencer, who said, Mary, the new ones coming in are uh, different. And that was why I got drawn into it because so many of these children are misunderstood. They have more sensitivity with their five senses, such as greater um, ability to hear different frequencies. Their eyesight, often they'll see more like energy fields and orbs. Um, they will be more sensitive. Many of them are empaths. They'll be able to tune into other people and their emotions and feelings. But not only that, they were seeing more multidimensionally. They were sensing more multidimensionally. And that was... Part of that gave you the impression there was something weird or strange about them because they'd be high, you know, hypersensitive. And that would be seen by mainstream as, oh, there's something wrong with you. You're too sensitive or you're, you know, that, you know, because you're not so social, there's something wrong with you. When in fact, the reason for that is that they were a lot more cautious because they could read you. They would know from what you're coming from, whether or not you were going to be kind or you're going to be truthful because they sensed it. And some of them are actually telepathic. So they're being seen as, as dysfunctional for all that, when in fact what they are is what I call a new 
upgraded aware human. And this is why I talk about the new human and all of the, you know, these conditions in metaphysics, they'll say they they'll say they're indigos or crystals or or rainbow children. There's a, a children of light. There's lots of names given for them, which is really just about their, their energy fields and, and what their sensitivities are. I'm bringing it into a very 3D grounded perspective and saying and many of these children that are different now are different for a very good reason. That we're reaching a point of human evolution where we're going to a new level of awareness as long as we don't get shut down. And what shuts us down is the educational system, the belief systems, the whole matrix of 3D programming that tells you you're not okay if you start to sense things or if you start to feel things or if you start to see something, there's something wrong with you. And this is my issue with psychology modern psychology, that is, because they're not allowing for the fact we're multidimensional beings. We are not just physical. We are embodied into a physical body, but our soul is multidimensional. Can you give us an example of one of the most extraordinary experiences that you learned from a child that just even transformed you hearing Uh, that experience, just hearing that transformed you in some way? There's multiple ones that have transformed me, but I will mention one that was came to my office with his mother. And he, at the time, he was eight. He's not, he's much older now, and he started to talk about the special, you know, the, the special people that visited him. And what was interesting was he said to me that when he goes up on the spacecraft, <coughs> he's in a group with other children. Some of them are human. <laughs> And he said, some are not human. And I said, how do you know? And he said, because our eyes were different. And he said, he always went up with two of his school friends. So they were there too. And they'd be learning things. They would be learning how to use their mind, how to shift things with consciousness. I remember saying to him, he said, we learn very complex things, Mary. And I said to him, when you say complex things, what do you mean by complex? I said, can you tell me some of what you are learning? And he said, no. He said, because it's too complex for you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an eight-year-old explaining to me that I wouldn't have the awareness to understand. I remember sitting back and thinking, well, that's told you, Mary, um, quite clearly. But when I asked him about the other two children, And this is the difficulty they have. I said, have you ever spoken to your school friends and asked them if they remember coming on the spacecraft with you? And he said, I wanted to. He said, but mum stopped me. And his mum explained to me the reason for that was she didn't want him to, you know, have a hard time at school if he starts mentioning some of this and they don't understand. So that was the reason that she had mentioned it. But it made me realize more than anything how hard it is for these children having these experiences when they can't talk about it. They can't share it because even at school, it's not understood and would often be seen as something wrong with you. Hmm. So I think but there are so many stories where one young another eight year old girl in the US couldn't wait to tell me that she'd gone in a craft 
to a planet where she was shown how to levitate Hmm. and she was shown how to use a third eye and also where they were um, hybridizing certain genetics where she was shown on the craft them taking certain DNA from different species to seed other planets. And she said, and this goes in other universes as well. She was so excited about telling me about what she'd been shown. Um, So this is the kind of complexity. One young lad telling me he's all of 10, that he remembers coming from a planet. He's all blue. He remembers coming and incarnating here because he's come to help with the pollution. He actually remembered where he came from and what the planet was like and what he looked like and went into, you know, the things that he understood. There's, you know, there are multiple stories. And in The New Human, I've put some of the, the, the comprehensive awareness. And these children are anything from three or four, five, up to um, the teenagers that explain to me their awareness of where they came from, other planets, um, how they understand their role on this planet, all the rest of it, to the adults. Um, and I, in one of the stories is a medical doctor that had that shift um, in, a, in India, and now she activates DNA. Uh, she activates dormant DNA and, mm. you know, she lives in Melbourne and her story is incredible. So she, she calls herself a shamanic MD now because she's activating DNA. So some of these stories are incredible. And but what's fascinating to me with the children particularly is they've got no axe to grind. They're not doing this to tell you that they're wonderful or great. They're just sharing their story. And it's all conscious recall. And when you talk about, you know, the near-death experience, one little boy, I'm, I think he was either seven or eight, explaining that he remembers being a soul. Uh, he called himself a will-o'-the-wisp. He said, and he was shown three lifetimes he could choose, and he chose one, which was this earth lifetime. He said, so I chose this one, and then I found myself in mummy's tummy. So he remembers as a soul choosing this life to come here to this planet at this time and being aware then that he was in his mother's um, tummy. This is what I mean. It's astounding some of the information that they come across to you and tell you. Um, You mentioned star seeds and you mentioned alien hybrids. Do you believe that hybridization is going on on this planet? I mean, (laughs) I guess you could say we're all maybe Uh, DNA wise, we're all hybrids. But I mean, do you think that they're here actually doing more work than what we are? Uh, a good question. First of all, I absolutely agree with you. Where I believe we're all hybrids. And when you go back to the genetics, people like Dr. Francis Crick, co-founder of the DNA molecule, said exactly that, that we were an engineered species. Hmm. And there's lots of DNA evidence from molecular biologists, geneticists that are saying that they um, have recognized that. So yes, and I believe there are many, there's a number of star civilizations that have added their DNA to the human genome. So, But apart from that, what I am also seeing is what we call upgrades of hybrids. And one of them I talk about is a Spanish girl who's, um, when she wrote to me, was only about 16, saying that she was aware of a, a hybrid nature when she was 13, very different to her parents um, in terms of looks and everything else. And she said that my mum's, Um, the actual 
and she was conceived, that was actually altered by these beings to upgrade her with more of what we call their DNA. So some of the people that see themselves as hybrids now, it's often because they've become aware they've been enhanced with more of that DNA. But we all have in us, I believe, the DNA of all these different species. And as we get activated with frequencies, may happen through healing, it may happen because our planet's bringing in frequencies all the time. It's actually activating more of that starseed DNA. So you get more and more people saying, I've just got this feeling that I'm connected to the Pleiades, or I've just got this feeling that I'm connected to Andromeda or whatever. That's because more of their DNA is being activated by the frequencies that are coming in as we're evolving now to become more aware and more conscious of who we are and what we are and our abilities. That's the other thing too, because more and more people are aware that they have amazing abilities, but they've not yet quite actualized them with healing or, or with, with other abilities. But what about this? Like I've had a guest here. Basically, they've harvested her eggs, so she claims, and they've created about 20 hybrids from her eggs, and she's seen them. Do you believe that's going on? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you of a particular family I know in Brazil, In fact, I've met the lady. She was a former air hostess. And her story started when she spoke to me that she knew she'd been having experiences over a long time, but she was about to go to breakfast in the hotel when she was still working. And she said she saw this little little girl who looked about 11. And she was on her own. And she said, as she went up to her to say, are you lost? where are your parents? The little girl turned round and she was part human, part cat being. Mm. And the the air hostess was terrified and went racing down the corridor thinking, I've just seen a monster. She Mm. didn't know what to make of it or anything. Remember, this was physical. It was some time later, she said that she had seen herself up on the spacecraft and there was this hybrid part cat, part human being, with others. And she realized that she was her daughter. She was a hybrid daughter of hers. Mm. It doesn't stop there. She remembers then seeing her daughter, her physical human daughter, all of six, up on the spacecraft, playing with her hybrid sister, actually playing with her. And her husband, out of the blue, said he just had this awareness that his, his human daughter was also a hybrid and actually said it to her. She'd never said anything to him. And he said, you, I think our daughter's a hybrid. So she says that she's got several hybrid children now on board craft, part human, part feline, but she's also got human hybrid uh, uh, daughter as well. She's not too sure about her son and her older daughter, um, but they've had experiences as well. Hmm. So this is a whole family, and this is you know very credible. Say former air hostess. This she says you know it's so hard for anyone to even believe it. But this is just one family, and I can tell you now, Jeff, I have met many hundreds that are aware they've had, got children, hybrid children on board craft, not just women, but men, 
men who've had their sperm taken or their genetics taken and they've been taken up on board craft, they may not have human children, but they will go and be shown their hybrid children on board craft and they'll say they know that they're their their children. They know that they're um, that they're theirs. They have this emotional connection to them and are told, this is your child, this is your child. And they can get very emotional about it because there's, a, there's that connection as well. It's not just women, it's men. Mm. And the, the, I know a lot of people will say to me, well, you know, did they agree to this? You know, how, you know, are these beings taking this, that and the other? And whenever I've done hypnosis, it is one of the questions I ask is, did you on any level agree to this experience and for the most part 99% most part they will say yes but before I came here in other mm. words as a soul wow. whether that's valid for you or not that's what they will say to me um, so you know make of that what you will but there seems to be a cooperation because some of them have said I used to be one of those beings before I came here so it's like that being soul, I said, I'm going to incarnate as human and I'm going to have more of this particular species or whatever um, as a human using my genetics to do so. So there's this kind of huge level of understanding and soul contracts, if you like, that we are not aware of in our limited human form and consciousness. If we make the big picture of everything, what in your opinion is the whole point to the human experience? I think the bottom line is the soul incarnates to experience. And we've all come in with different agendas. One of the things working with past lives is when I take someone from that past life into the spiritual realm, I'll say to them, well, what did you learn in that lifetime? And they may say, well, I learned about compassion. I learned about limits or I learned about what's whatever. Um, and then they will say, well, this time, and not everyone wants to hear this, is that they will talk about choosing their parents, choosing their siblings, choosing the challenges in that life. You know, the different challenges that will enhance their awareness, enhance their understanding, so that when they come in, then... It's, it's mapped out for them. This is what I want to try and achieve in this lifetime. Some, um, and when people say to me, what about choice? The choice is your attitude to it. Do you want to see the silver lining in that challenge or do you want to be a victim for the rest of your life? You've got a choice. You've got, you know, um, I believe that the soul is its main purpose while it comes from the source is to experience all kinds of consciousness, all kinds of awareness, and that we're all here to help one another in that because we're all connected, because we all come from the same place. So it's it's about every time we are helping others to get to a point where they're more um, connected to their soul self and their consciousness, the more we're being helped by, by those that are more aware than us. So as one eight-year-old explained to me, we're all helping each other get closer and closer back to the source again. But our whole, it's all about experience. It's about coming and having a human adventure and having the goodies and the baddies because we live in a duality. So do we want to go with love or do we want to go with lack of love? Oh, 
well, I'm going to try that and see how it goes. Mm, it doesn't work so well for me. Maybe I'll try this. Mm. So the whole idea is about experience. And it's about making mistakes because you learn more from making mistakes than you ever do by getting things right. So, you know, it's and, and this is why, you know, when you start to see that, you don't take things quite so seriously in the sense that, you, you know, it's the end of the world. You're just saying, OK, so what's that showing me? What's that showing me? OK, now I know why I'm reacting that way. Do I want to react that way again or do you want to be different? You know, as a counsellor, that's what you do anyway. But I take it to a spiritual level and say, OK, so what's the mandate for you? And some say to me, I want to know what my soul mandate is, Mary. Can you help me work out what my agenda is or my mission is this time? And my answer to that is you're already doing it because I said whatever you're doing is where your soul has got you to and your soul isn't going to let you miss the bus because it's worked too darn hard to get you here in the first place. So just go with what unfolds and trust that that's the soul guiding the journey because it is. Everything is, is guided by that other, you know, some call it the, you know, the super conscious, higher self, oversight doesn't really matter it's it's about what you feel you, you know your resonance is to and trusting that so i believe we're here on an adventure on a human adventure where we we're having goodies and baddies and we're having beautiful um higher beings that are giving us a bit of support when we need it and helping us out as much as they can but also for us to learn about that as well and how we can help those around us in the same way so it's you know i think it's a knock-on effect the more that we help others the more we get helped as well so it's all of that so it's about enjoying the human journey you know to me it's about seeing it as a spiritual journey because you know this is just an overcoat mm -hmm. this is as we as we know this is just the overcoat and i agree with that i guess where my confusion comes in is that I believe you talk to star seeds. They'll say, you know, more star seeds are coming because they're coming to fix the place. And it seems like, you know, we've loused up the place pretty bad, you know, the pollution and the violence and whatever else. But I also kind of think that the masses aren't in any power. Only very few have power over everything. So if people are coming to fix the place, they just have to go to the people in power, not to the masses. You know what I mean? Well, if I... I, I think I understand what you're saying, but, you know, we've come to a duality where at the moment the power seems to be with a certain few that have a very dark agenda. Well, if you look at the soul saying, right, I'm going to that planet now, it's going through a huge shift in evolution and what have you. It's looking very out of balance. So what can I do when I go down there? to shift that back into harmony and into balance again. So there are many souls, and yes, they've, come, they've said they've come from all over the cosmos with their abilities to change and to help what's happened to this planet. I mean, one young boy was saying he's come in as a center seed. He connects to the center of the planet, and he's going to be dealing with the pollution. There are others that say they can work with the elements and actually describe which particular elements they can work with. So the whole idea is, is to bring these new aware souls in so that we can then create a, a new environment for that shift in consciousness that, that's happening. And, and the thing is, the reason we need 
these other less loving agendas is it brings the best out in us. It challenges us. If we didn't have the challenge, I mean, if you don't know sadness, you can't know joy. If you don't know limits, you're not going to appreciate when it's unlimited. So we need a comparison so that we can understand, well, what is it that I am drawn to? What is it that, that suits my frequency and my soul? So it's challenging us all to stand up and to speak our truth and to change what is not working on this planet. So they're coming in because they've chosen to do that. They've chosen to help with this shift that's going on at the moment. And many of them, have, children have talked about the event, that there's something major going on. And what that will look like is hard to say. Some people say that it's like a new earth. Others are saying um, that we're separating out into two frequencies and that some of us will go with the higher frequencies and some of us will stay in 3D depending on what the soul chooses. It may be all of that or it may be something completely different. But I do know that we are here at this time because we're part of this, that we've chosen to be part of it. Do you think that there are any dark beings? And what I mean by that is beings with wrongful, hurtful, we may classify it as evil intentions that are here, purposely causing you know trouble or destruction? Well, of course, because we live in a duality, we're mm -hmm. going to have the dark. We're going to have those low frequencies that lack love, that lack empathy and all those things. The only way we get a difference is when we, we see both sides of the coin and we decide to make a choice. Well, is it this? Is it love or is it lack of love? Because I just call that lack of love. Mm -hmm. They've got an agenda. And, you know, part of, I, part, I see part of it as something that we've chosen to experience is that so that we know what we do want and what we don't want. Because again, how do you compare if you've got nothing to compare with? Mm -hmm. There are definitely um, entities that have, don't have your well-being at heart, but the higher your frequency goes, the more you become aware of the big picture, the less influence they can have on you because they can't plug into you. If you're not in fear, it's, you know, being in fear, they can plug into you. Easy peasy. Um, if you're in ego, they can plug into you. Mm. But if you've got past those two, there's nothing to plug into because they can't. It's like electrical cord. You can only plug into the, the um, frequency of the particular energy um, hertz that is, is part of that. If it's not fear, if you're not in fear and you're not in ego, what can they plug into? There's nothing to plug into because it's a frequency you can't reach. I'll give you an example of that from an eight-year-old. Well, no, sorry, he was nine when he was taken to an underground base um, because that's what they do with some of the children. They're trying to turn them. And he was sitting in a chair and he said there was a lady in a black uniform. She had technology to one side and she was sending these frequencies to him to lower his frequency so she could program information into him. And he said, Mary, I knew exactly what she was doing. So I kept my frequency high. She didn't know that. And so what she was trying to do couldn't work with me because he already understood about frequency. And so there is, and I'm pretty certain he was nine when he told me that. I think it's in, in the new human. I think I put it in the new human. So he was absolutely aware of what he needed to do 
to get past that agenda, that dark agenda that he was facing at the time. Now, that's a nine-year-old with that kind of awareness. This is what I mean about the kids. They get it. They can look at you and know the truth. I asked a seven-year-old once, he said, Mary, I can tell when people are lying or telling the truth. And I said to him, and it's all a seven, I said, how, how do you know? How do you, what do you feel? And he said, when they're lying, I go all cold. He said, and when they're telling the truth, I feel all warm. So he knew the exact difference between the two from what he felt. And these are the new ones coming in. They're sussing it. They know what they're here to do. And they've got the abilities to deal with it. So, you know, that in itself is saying an enormous amount about our new kids. They are trying to shut them down. They're doing their very best to shut these wonderful kids down with all sorts of things, you know, from Ritalin to all this other stuff they're trying to do. But luckily, there are a lot of parents now that realize what's actually going on. And that was why, again, I wrote The New Human, because I was getting scientists to say, recognize these kids, support them. And there's lots of ways you can support those with these these issues, you know, the ADHD, they just need more vitamin Bs and a few other things to stabilize them. There are lots of healthy ways to help our kids retain that awareness and retain that understanding. They've come because they can, they can deal with this. They know what to do. And that's what's so amazing. Do you have any other tips for people to raise their frequencies? First thing is, if you want to, and you're putting out the intent to raise it, then immediately that's what you're doing. If you say, I only want the highest frequencies, the only, the highest loving, most um, uh, compassionate frequencies of the highest level possible for me, then you're already sending out a frequency that's saying that to the matrix. So that's what you're going to get back. And then follow that feeling, knowing, sensing that's telling you how to do that the more that you can come from that loving open space, the more that you can just do that little bit more each day to be different, to be more of what you want to be. Really, it's not rocket science, Jeff. It's, it really isn't. It's the intent. What's your intent when you go out, when you're doing things and what is your intent that's loving in that or not loving? And that in itself will guide you. You know, all these rules, I don't believe in rules. I believe in what resonates. And the more you have that feeling of wanting to be different, wanting to be better uh, each day, that in itself is your soul guiding you. And your soul will tell you, your team will tell you, <laughs> I call them the non-human team, will guide you as well. You know, the synchronicities that you get. You know, those wonderful times where everything just falls into place and you're thinking, oh, they're telling me something here. So notice them. Notice the synchronicities or coincidences that aren't coincidences and sit quietly each day for a little while just to connect to that part of you that is knowing and, uh, and all aware and saying, is there anything else I can do? You know, anything else I can do just to get to that other level of awareness. Don't buy into the fear. Don't buy into the ego. You're on the right road. You're already there. Oh, this is a little bit different, but I'm curious, how do these people, these families, how do they find you? How do they reach out to you? Do they notice, okay, my son's talking about aliens and stuff. I don't know what to do. And then they start searching the internet and they find you. Some 
sometimes it's 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 that they might be listening to something like your podcast they um, may just search out my son's been having experiences is there any support there um, I'm you know I just say for those that know about me just google my name and you'll see I'm on Facebook I've got website um, one's called the alien lady um, that's another story mm-hmm. but basically some will have their own experiences and they, their children will start talking about their experiences to them. And that's how they'll come to me because they'll say, I've been having experience. My son's now talking about spaceships, talking about he goes out through the window at night. He's talking about his special friends. And um, also they'll explain he sees things, you know, um, as well. So it can be through a parent having an experience that they bring in their son or it's just because their son starts to talk about it. So there are lots of different ways they'll access me. Hmm. All right. Before we wrap it up here, I want to um, let people know about your books. I believe you have two books, right? And do they? Yes. can you give us the titles of your books? And do we find them on your website? Or do we find them on places like Amazon or Google Books? Hold on. Hold on. Hold, hold on. on. Hold on. Hold on. My first one is Awakening, Mm -hmm. How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life. I wrote that to help people who had no one to go to, no one to support them. And it goes into how do you know you've had contact? How do you know you're not crazy? What to do about the fear? What about the children having experienced missing pregnancies, which goes into and your psychic abilities. So I cover a lot of ground with that one. But then a few years ago, I wrote The New Human. And actually, the guy who did the cover mm. is an experience that I met in Leeds. And it's an amazing cover because he just got it in his head and it all came through. And that's talking about, you know, the autistic ADHDs and the children having experiences. But not only that, it's the teenagers as well. It talks about the religion. It, I call it the God chapter, where um, two um, religious ministers, um, Christian ministers, admitted they've had experiences with non-human intelligences and reincarnation. And they've written a piece in the books to say, yes, this was my dogma. I've had to edit it now because I've had encounters with non-human intelligences and I've, had reincar- I've experienced reincarnation. So in other words, coming out of the, the closet, the Christian closet, and saying this is more than what we're we're told within our um, our religious beliefs. Very important for so many people conflicted, Jeff, with their religious experiences because if it doesn't quite marry that, then they think there's, there's something wrong with them, or it's evil, or it's demons, or it's all that stuff. When in fact it's nothing of the sort. It just means that they're opening, they're going past that particular uh, belief system or dogma, which is part of challenging us to trust that part of our knowing. Do you have any other projects that you're working on or any new books that you want us to know about? At the moment, I'm not writing any more books. I'm doing several um, forwards for people's books and what have you, but I am going to be doing some online conferences soon. Hmm. Um, One is a 5D conference um, in March. Then I'm doing Ozark in April and I'm doing also Contact in the Desert 
in June and also another one on hybrids um, with uh, another lady. So I'll be putting those all on Facebook so that everything's going online at the moment because no one's really traveling, certainly not from Australia to other countries. So all my stuff will be going online. But there's lots of um, YouTube videos and presentations on, on the net that, uh, that are already there of my work. Do you have your own YouTube channel? I have, but I've never used it yet because I never get the time. <laughs> I'm too busy doing sessions and interviews and, you know, all, all this other research. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I just haven't had the time, Jeff, to, to go there. But I'm grateful so much to people like yourself because you do it for me. And I'm extremely grateful for all your hard work in doing that. After doing this for over 25 years, what inspires you to keep doing it? The person that is in tears because they are so grateful that somebody listens, understands, and doesn't judge them. The mere fact this might be the first time in their life, and they might be 50 or 60, and they've never been able to talk about it or felt safe to talk about it, and they've finally done so, and the relief and the the joy to be able to be and, and talk about their true life is why I do it, because it makes such a difference to so many. That's amazing. You mentioned you have a website. Do you interact with people on social media? Only on Facebook with Messenger, I certainly do. But I don't with my websites because I just haven't the time. Um, But yes, if they want to message me on Facebook or just email me through my, my websites and I will then respond when I can within a day or two. Okay. And your Facebook, is it your personal Facebook page or is that public page as you being an author and a researcher? I don't put my personal stuff in there, only links to um, interviews like this mm-hmm. and information I think people will be interested in. I don't put my actual family personal stuff on it mm-hmm. at all. But I, you know, uh, everything else that I come across, research that I think is interesting, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. I will put on my Facebook page. And the public one as well. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you'd like to share with us? What I'd like to say is, apart from thank you so much, Jeff, for putting your love and energy into such an important way of helping people, I would like to say to people, whatever you think about what's going on at the moment, just remember you've come here because you are part of making the difference. And believe me, we've got some really wonderful stuff coming ahead of us in our future. We've just got to hang in there. Mm. All right. That's great. Mary, I could go on asking you questions for hours, but I'm limited by time in this 3D world here. But I want to say thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate it. I wish you massive success in your research, in your books, in your conferences, and anything else that you're into. Thank you, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.